That was a cute little bop. Bop. <laughs> We're bopping our way all the way to Rhode Island. Rhode Island. I'm a family guy. That's the only thing I know. <laughs> That's sad. Oh, I didn't even know that. I know it was formed by a guy who was exiled from the original colony. Oh, because well, that's more useful. Were, yeah, his thoughts were too progressive. Gotcha. What was his name? I have no idea. Oh, well, that's more important than a fictional, not very funny anymore TV show. <laughs> so that's funny at one time. It was, not now. Um, but I also think... Rhode Island is where this super popular influencer named Michaela, like she's a beauty influencer. She got, she's getting married there this weekend. Oh, wow. I've only, I only know that because it's been like force fed on my TikTok algorithm. So congratulations though. It looked beautiful. I feel like Rhode Island's a beautiful place to get married. It seems very rich. Yes. Very rich in this place. I don't think is any exception. By the way, this is Haunted or Hoax. Yes, and I am Kristen. And I am Jennifer. And we are talking about the Seaview Terrace in Rhode Island today. In case you couldn't pick up on where we were. Yes, in case you were in the dark. But yeah, so we're talking about this this place because the other place in Rhode Island that we looked up had nothing, which is not surprising. <laughs> This happens a few times, but this place I think is going to be more interesting anyway. So it will all have worked out. Yes. Um, most of my information is going to come from Only in Your State, a brief interview with Amy Bruni in um, Boston.com, and then um, the Ghost Hunters episode is where I got a bulk of my stories and evidence. But this place is huge and straight out of a American Gothic novel looking cover. Yeah, the inside looks like it could be Hogwarts. Yes. Like it looks like a castle. You should like there should be like a Harry Potter LARPing experience here. See another event that we could plan. I know. This, Ugh, we're gonna buy up. this after our book from the last episode gets yes. really popular. <laughs> Becomes a new classic. Mm -hmm. Um and it could be filmed here if we didn't want to film it at the other place. Adaption. <laughs> I can't even remember anymore. No. <laughs> Just kidding. But I'm not. I'm not. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, it's because all my brain is is taken up by Seaview Terrace and the most prominent spirit, which is the wife of the original owner, Mrs. Brady. And apparently she didn't want to leave this house because she is still hanging around there, haunting it, especially in the organ room. She has been known to uh, appear in the organ room trying to play the old organ. Some people yes, hear organ she means music. An instrument, not yes, not an actual organs. collecting yeah. organ room. No, no. It's actually a music room. Apparently, she was very what a talented organist it is an organist okay <laughs> i thought so but yeah so she's she's the most prominent spirit there although there is a lot of steps and disembodied voices of other people in this place but there hasn't been any specific stories to link them 
Amy Bruni, who was of Kindred Spirits, but she's actually in the Ghost Hunt. She used to, okay, I think we've discussed this before. Amy used to be a original Ghost Hunters cast member, and then she and Adam broke off and did Kindred Spirits. Right. And I don't really like that show, but I did like them on Ghost Hunters, specifically this episode, because it's kind of like one of the earlier ones. And uh, they're just more likable. I don't know and ghost hunters and their own show no Maybe offense because like they're more like part of a team yeah so their their characters are a little bit more subdued yeah maybe and there's nothing against amy and adam like they're fine people i just prefer them on ghost hunters than their own I said, show i said characters i meant personalities their personalities yes. are a little bit more muted yes exactly they have other people to bounce off of right um, but she said that there was a rumor when the building was used as a university that someone committed suicide in one of the upstairs bedrooms. That was a lore for a long, long time. But Amy said that that's been proven false, but she didn't like say how that was proven false. <laughs> she just said that they debunked it somewhere along the way. Maybe because there was nothing to prove it. Fine. Yeah, I guess. Um, so she said that that's not true, although there are plenty of other potential sources of other spirits, including numerous antiques on the site and the fact that an actual old Italian chapel was brought from Italy and rebuilt into the mansion and has like documented deaths associated with it which I don't know how that came to be or if that's true or what deaths are associated with it. <laughs> she just mentioned that offhandedly in this interview that she did. Well, we do know how transferring rocks can bring stuff with you. Right. But like, you know, is it, <laughs> is it one of those things where, you know, when you see somebody's whole house on a truck bed on the highway is it like did they just like pick up this chapel and like put it on a boat and then transfer it whole or did they like break it down brick by brick and then bring it over and rebuild it we can i'm sure okay good <laughs> I, I don't know how that works all the way from italy and why you would do that but amy said that she's been there multiple times of course one being with the ghost hunt the hunters crew which i'll get into she has encountered activity in the basement with something tugging at her hair. She's also heard voices and footsteps when no one else was present. She also has played like organ music in the chapel portion, which I guess is like where the music organ room where Mrs. Bradley likes to hang out. Um, and she's gotten a lot of like reaction from playing that music. I see. She says nothing there is evil. It's a very classic haunting in a place that has a lot of energy and people go in and out of its doors. I don't believe any presence there would cause any harm, but any new owner should not be surprised if they regularly are chasing mysterious footsteps or sounds in the night. Don't chase the footsteps. Don't just let them walk away from you. You know what? They got business going on and you're living your life. They're living their afterlife. Just it's a Let big it enough be. house where you both can be there. Yeah, exactly. It's huge. You can coexist. Um, during the Ghost Hunters episode, 
they had a tour guide named Denise. Yes, her name was Denise. And her fiance's name was Chris. And it was mostly stories from them. Okay. Uh, the tour guide said that in the great hall, like the very big entrance hall where we'll show pictures, there's like a huge chandelier. Mm-hmm. Everything is grandiose. She and her fiance were coming onto the property. She came through the door and heard a disembodied, hello, is that you? And she kind of dismissed it like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's me, <laughs> like whatever. Before she realized like her fiance was actually like not there yet. He had been coming in behind her. Like, so she was the first one to enter the great hall and the building. Nobody else was there and it wasn't her fiance, but it sounded like a muffled male voice. Hmm clearly saying hello is that you which yeah yourself yeah is that you like who are you (laughs) you know what I mean like I I don't know that's kind of spooky kind of like that would jolt me like if I realized like that's not my significant other that's something else Mm -hmm. in a building that's supposed to be empty my mind probably wouldn't go to paranormal right away it'd probably go more like we didn't lock the door and somebody's in here yeah in a place that big there's a chance right squatters but lots of them tons of them there was also a visitor who went to the restroom on like that that great hall floor and you know she went to the restroom there was nobody else in the two stall restroom she said because she checked. I don't know why she would check. Maybe like she's just a shy peer or something. I mean, I sometimes check behind the shower curtain when I go to the restroom. Yeah, but I don't it's really check. Mind. I don't really check if there's like other people in stalls. I just kind of get in and out. I don't know. But she checked and there was no one else in there. So she went and sat down in the stall and was starting to go. And then she heard like feet shuffling in the stall beside her. Maybe she's a private pooper. Maybe. So she just has to like make sure, in which case I hate this for her because I know. then she didn't get to go. Yes. It did startle her. She did like check there was nobody there, but she definitely heard like what sounded like feet shuffling. Now, Amy and Adam actually went to this stall during the investigation and kind of were trying to debunk it. And they did say that it's, you know, it's an all tile restroom and things kind of like echo. And, you know, they said that like a breeze coming through the open window could have like rustled the trash bag. It kind of sounds like rustling of feet. Um, If there was like a bug or a a mouse, which I feel like is far fetched in the trash can are way too small to make those noises well they were saying like if something flew into the trash can or like if a mouse was in the trash can i was like why would a mouse be in the trash can this is like a a little bit of a reach of debunking well i definitely like moved in a certain way where the sound carries to where it sounds like a secondary person so like even if she just moved her feet around a little bit it could have carried weird and thought and she could have heard it as somebody else moving their feet i feel like that's a more logical thing or or maybe it was a ghost we don't know but you know if you're a private pooper don't go poop at cd to Harris, i guess because you might not be in privacy you might not be alone um in the basement where um amy has had her hair pulled denise's fiance chris has said that he's always felt like somebody was watching him while he was working on things and trying to renovate things and things of that nature he always felt like there was eyes on them 
And KJ and Britt also have an experience during the investigation here where they have this thermal camera that's like kind of set up in a semi-secure way, I would say. And as they are doing an EVP session, they hear footsteps and the thermal is like purposely knocked over. And I'll show you that in a little bit. They say there's no way for it to fall over by itself. I'll just get your opinion on it in a few minutes Um, because I'm going to just kind of go through all the uh, more interesting evidence at the end. Gotcha. There's also a room 212, which they didn't really spend a lot of time in after this story, but Denise was walking up to the balcony door in room 212 to open it. And before she even got to like reach out and put her hand on the knob, the doorknob like went down by itself like it was some something else was pushing it down okay so I have a story okay I was by myself my husband used to work night shifts and so I would always you know do the lockup I was closing shift at my house so I would like shut off all the lights lock all the doors so I went to go lock my garage door like the door going out to my garage and I stepped and my house is semi it's not very old but it is older and (laughs) I stepped and I went to go reach for the door handle to lock it and it snapped in place Mm. like somebody grabbed the door handle and moved it as I was going to reach for it and when I tell you I almost threw up and yelled because I thought someone was on the other side of the door Right. Trying to handle it the exact same time. Turns out it's happened three times now. And when I step there, I know just to push the door in before I do anything, just to make sure that it's latched all the way, like the mm. latch is inside the little hole thing. Right. Because otherwise me stepping on the floor will cause the floor to move in such a way where the handle actually slips into the right thing. This is a, an older house than my house. So I imagine things aren't quite. Yes. And I could totally, I could totally see that. The only thing that is interesting with this is like, she went, like, it was a fully closed door. Like she was going to open it for the day and it wasn't like she like had opened it before or anything. It was like first thing she was like going to open up the balcony doors. And I don't remember what the flooring looked like. I don't know if that would still be the case if it was like a stonish floor. Oh yeah. If it was like tile. Good point. So, but I, that's what I thought, like maybe like something shifted, it's not a wood door. So it's not like it could like contract and swell, Mm -hmm. but it is a very old, like iron kind of metalish door. I feel like Grant kind of like tried to debunk it, but they were saying that like the doorknob is really heavy. They Mm -hmm. go take a lot of force to press it down. It's an interesting story. I just think that like, like you said, I feel like there's a little bit, there's, there could be house age and some sort of outside element that could be affecting it Mm -hmm. or it could be ghosts we don't know it didn't happen while they were there what year was this filmed that's a good question hold on season seven episode 13 so it was in 2011 gotcha so you know a little bit a bit ago so it doesn't really affect the age of the house i feel like it was still really old no, no, I was just curious as far as like ownership in my head. Who? Oh, yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even check. I got ownership. Okay. Just Denise and Chris were given the tours, so. And they're like doing renovations. They were working on stuff in the basement, doing 
partial renovations on certain things. I see. So I don't know if they were like meant to be opening up like a museum or if it was a museum or having tours at that time. I'm not really sure. I'm assuming so because the guest in the bathroom story, but who I don't I don't know. There's also a place called the vestibule and it looked like a just a big old room. <laughs> big old high ceiling towerish room. There's a I feel like my dad uses that term. I think it's like a foyer. I I don't know because one story of it was like it was used as dorms when it was a college. Vestibule is a hall or lobby next to the outer door of a building, a chamber or channel opening into another. So like a like a foyer or a lobby ish. Hmm. Then why would you use that as a dorm room? I wonder if they were using that word and it did not mean what they think it means. Maybe. <laughs> because it made sense of like, oh, guests have seen a dark shadow going down the hall of the vestibule. That does make sense, yes. That makes sense. But then in the same breath, they had an interview with a former student of the college that was there. It said he and his dorm mates were sleeping and he was like getting up, I don't know, in the middle of the night to do something. Maybe go pee, get a glass of water, play some organ music. I don't know. Um, the stalls to make sure nobody was in there while he pooped. Right. And all of his roommates woke up because they heard they're like, did you hear that? And they woke up to knocking sounds on the windows. And when they looked over into the windows, there was faces in the windows. No. Which, but like the creepy part is, is that like this place is on the third floor. Why were there faces in the windows? Why were they knocking? <laughs> like, why were there faces and why were they knocking? Like that would make me just ask for a room change immediately. Just creepy. That story made me like, ooh, I don't know, made my spine tingle a little bit because I don't know. It's not like, you know, your friends are just pranking you by knocking on your window in the middle of the night. Like they can't do that from the third floor. You know what that reminds me of? What? The movie The Haunting. Oh, yes. Faces yeah. Faces in the window. Yes. Maybe this place was in, was inspiration for that movie. No, that was the I know. Hill House. <laughs> but at least there aren't little children carved into every single corner of this entire mansion yeah although in the organ room have you seen the ceiling Mm-mm. there are little baby faces oh, like the in the ceiling yes they're not they're coming the out of the creep me out so but it's just bad. like it's just like designs and then there's just like a face like a little baby face like coming out of the ceiling like a lot it. of them it's a that, it's a lot that shit is what follows you around it looks like it's, you. it watches it's you not great i'll see if i can find a no i found the the redfin listing but it did not have it it didn't didn't have have the the baby faces no probably because it wasn't a good selling point probably i'll find it maybe i'll take a screenshot of this video that of ghost of ghost hunters um because they mentioned it they're like well if you know like there really isn't going anything anything going on in this place it's still creepy about these faces i was like i agree And then there's a terrace room, which students experienced knocking and temperature changes. And there's a lot of unexplainable evidence that goes on during the Ghost Hunters episode in this room Mm. and near this room. And I'm going to link you to the article that this 
has. So I was fortunate enough that somebody put the whole episode of Ghost Hunters on Daily Motion. Whoever did that, thank you. You're doing you're doing a great job. And I appreciate you. Because without it, I would have not been able to watch it because it's a sci-fi owned thing. But let me go ahead and put this in here. It has the whole episode in it. And I have some timestamps for you. Most of them are going to be towards the end of the episode because Ghost Hunters does this amazing thing where they just have the episode but they don't pause to like replay EVPs and stuff very often. They just wait until the end and then show you everything at the end, which I like. It is nice. Um, so the first timestamp you're going to go to is 36.53. I thought the whispering was what I was listening for. And then I realized they were talking to each other and it was the yes. footsteps that they were talking about. Yes. Okay. So they're the foots, the first people that you see are, I think it's in that part, KJ and Britt. And um, they hear these footsteps like around the terrace room. And they're like, what is that? It's like right above us. So they go and try to see what's above them, which is just the roof. Like mm-hmm. it's literally like the roof on the outside. Like you go up these, you go up this ladder. It's just the roof. There's nothing else there. It's not like an attic. It's not like. Okay. It's not like there's not a room up there that somebody could be going around on. And the footsteps that you hear in 3653 and then identical footsteps in 3835 with Grant and Jason are heavy. They sound like a person footstep. It's not like a little raccoon is crawling on your roof or something. You know, it's not squirrels. Not a mouse. Not a mouse. The thing is, is that the 3835 timestamp has like, I mean, it's like literally the same thing. It's just with two different, different people in the cast in the same area and grant and jason too separately go up to see who what's above them and it's just the roof Hmm. it's and it's very weird that they both have like identical experiences but but neither pair knew that until the end of the investigation right like kg and Britt did not know that grant and jason had had this a similar exact experience earlier in the night Mm mm-hmm which begs the question, is that paranormal or is there something going on in that room? Like, I don't know, plumbing wise, something going on in that section of the roof that is making that, that sound. What was the second timestamp? 3835. That is distinct. It's almost like construction work. Yeah. It's like somebody like banging, mm-hmm. but <sighs> And it really does give give me a little bit like a kind of a chilly kind of sensation that they go up there and there's just it's just the roof. It's there's, there's nothing like no there, way. and it's not like it's raining or anything. It's like there's no bad weather, so it's just there's nobody that could be up there making that sound. There's no animal that's up there shuffling around. Interesting. I, yeah, it is. It's very interesting. There's also a point with a different door. At 3924 that I want you to look at where Grant is sitting beside the store while they're doing an EVP session in another room and the door just happens to open by itself, but I want you to watch it and then think back to what we had just said about this balcony door, that the possibility of this balcony door and your door at your house. I mean, that definitely, I can't tell. Hold on, let me. It's a very, very quick, like caught clip. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just, if it's not latched all the way and it's, it's easy, like the door can seem shut just like my garage door. It looks shut until you push on it all the way. Like it's not going to open yeah. on its own, but it's not closed all the way. Yeah. So, and that door does look like, like a wooden door. Yeah. With a wooden frame could, and everything. And it could swell and, and contract and everything. And also I find it interesting that it did it like he sat down. So his weight kind of transferred in that mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. so I feel like it was very jarring it was kind of like whoa what's going on when you see the clip but I when we were talking about that that's what kind of made me think like this could totally be debunked if they were thinking about it in that way yeah. interesting but could be explainable could be uh the last two towards the end things I want to show you and then I'm going to circle back to the thermal imaging thing falling off I have a timestamp of earlier in the episode, but at 4030, they share with Denise, the tour guide of of a whisper that they get. It's very faint. I don't know if I would even call that a whisper. I almost feel like that's just like an anomaly. Yeah. It almost could be considered like a feedback Mm -hmm. or just like some background noise. Yeah. And again, we have to remember like a lot of this place is like tile Mm -hmm. this place is like hard flooring like things echo y'all y'all will see it when you look on our instagram or facebook whatever have you or if you look it up on your own it's like like a castle so it's got stone floors stone walls like it's very medieval-esque yeah so lots of reverberation happening right this is not a place that you would want to record your next hit single or anything there's just no there's nothing to absorb any sound so it's mm-hmm. all kind of going around you and it's pretty empty not a lot of furniture or rugs either right so i i mean they call it a whisper i can't really get anything at mm-hmm. all from it um so i think that it's a little bit of a a weaker evp for me yeah i agree the last one is 4106 where they claim to hear a female voice She's holding better face than I would. All of this evidence, I would have been like, are you considering that evidence or? I think that she just really, really wanted it to be true. I see. <laughs> She's very invested, I feel like, in it being Haunted. like with her experiences, her personal yeah. experiences. She really wants it to be validated. I see. Which I don't blame her. You know, if you have a personal experience, you want somebody else to share in that, like, and validate that you are not crazy and that you are actually having experiences. Um, I totally get that. But with these two EVPs, I'm just like, it's very weak. I feel like this is not the building to have a good voice phenomenon. Well, and you would think that it would be a little bit stronger. Like, I think we're saying that because we've heard stronger. Yeah. These are like, I feel like if I heard that, I probably wouldn't have even shared it because it just, it just sounded like noise. Like it sounded like a distant drawer opening or something like that. Like it didn't even sound like a human noise. Yeah. So, I mean, EVP wise, this place is kind of a week. Yeah. I'm not saying that they're not there. I just personally, there wasn't enough there for me to even like put on my headphones and go all the way up and like really try to analyze. Right. And then my last timestamp is the thermal imaging camera falling over by itself. Okay. You're going to go all the way back to 17 minutes and eight seconds. Hmm. So if you go, like if you do, uh, I'll link this 
article with the whole episode. Um, and if you do go in by yourself and watch this episode or go to our timestamps, if you go to about 1748, 1750, they're explaining Brit is saying like, you know, I wanted to make sure that this was secure because it's a very expensive piece of equipment. So I like made sure that like it was right. It was, you know, locked, kind of locked down in its position so it wouldn't fall over. And so they also heard footsteps right before that, like coming towards them. So they're wondering mm -hmm. if, if like it used its energy to knock it over as some sort of sign later on during like the analysis, they're bringing it up to the rest of the cast and the cast recreate the way it was sitting and then like kind of shake the table it's on and it doesn't fall. However, mm -hmm. I don't know how level this table is. I, you don't ever know how actually they really placed things like in their hurry to get things going in mm -hmm. an investigation. So who's to say it wasn't already a little bit off teeter. The only thing is, is that there was nobody around it. There's nothing to bump the table. So right. in theory, there really isn't anything to push it mm -hmm. or to make it wobble or fall down. Interesting. Yeah. And it does seem like deliberate because it seems like a heavy thing. It feel and it seems like it's like, yeah, deliberately pushed over. Like yeah. get this thing out of out of here kind of thing. I need this table. Right. Although, I mean, if somebody can still answer what thermal imaging is going to accomplish, we're still waiting. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was like, This is useless. <laughs> Why do you have this here? But We'll have to do, and did we not do separately? Did we not include thermal imaging in our interview with maybe, Adam? Uh, maybe we did. And I just forget what his explanation was. Uh, I don't think we did. I don't think we did either. Maybe we'll have to have a, like a part two interview with somebody. And in that same episode, I can ask somebody about ion generators because they used ion generators in this episode in the organ room to try to get more of a reaction out of Mrs. Bradley and apparently ion generators ionize the air and that makes it more conductive for paranormal activity. I don't know how or why or the purpose. What was that air purifier that was really big in the early 2000s? That's what that reminds me of. Yeah. I mean, I, as an esthetician have used a steamer with this little thing that you could turn on. It's like an ionizer. It's supposed to like give you more oxygen in your steam. Uh. <laughs> i'm here to tell you right like, now that sounds like a lot of fancy words that don't really mean much right i don't really think that it did very much and a lot of people have used like ion sort of things during covid because they thought that was going to make things more safe and clean so i don't know if ion generators actually do cause spirits to be more energetic or not i feel like it's just kind of something like saying you know, dihydrogen monoxide is vital to be incorporated into your skin routine. Yeah. When it's just like, you're just saying water, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. It seems a little sus to me. Yeah. But interesting stuff from the Ghost Hunters episode. I appreciate them because they did have like a lot of stories. Um, I couldn't get really anything off of travel, you know, websites or google because i don't think this place is open to the public right now mm -hmm. um so there wasn't like any updated experiences but still really interesting and i did the the evidence that was 
was most like solid for me were the footsteps Mm -hmm. because they really did try to go out of their way to debunk it. And I can't explain it and neither can they. So, well, interesting. Yeah. So I'm interested to hear the history when we get back. Are you, are you going to mention pop culture at all in the, in your history? Mm Mm-hmm. Great. I'm excited for that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back. Be right back. Hello, Ghosty fam. Have you heard our podcast, The Activity Continues, yet? I'm Amy, and I host the show with my friend and fellow fan of the paranormal, Megan. Hi, everyone. Our show is a recap of the TV show, The Dead Files, which airs on the Travel Channel. Every week, we each pick an episode of The Dead Files and recap it for you. And sometimes we even dig a little into the history of the crimes that led to the paranormal activity. We also talk about our own paranormal experiences and would love to talk about yours as well. So if you want to share your stories, email us at theactivitycontinues at gmail.com. So grab a stogie, hop in the caddy, and join us for The Activity Continues. Nailed it. We're back. I would Help just like me. to point out, it's just, I think I make it very clear how much respect I have for ghost hunters people versus ghost adventures people. Which... Because there are some people who are there to inform and there are some people that are there to entertain. This is very true. And I, and I just, I think even in the newer episodes of ghost hunters, now that they're like restarting the show, it's just very apparent who is just genuinely there to explore the paranormal and like see what they can find and Mm -hmm. who's there for the show so I just thought it was funny I was like I was so respectful during (laughs) during that whole thing if it was Zach Biggins I would just have had so many things to rip apart maybe he shouldn't make it so easy honestly if it was Zach Biggins there would have been a demon in this place so I'm just like making an episode in my head It is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. You know, like the the footsteps, the unexplained footsteps would be like the hooves of the devil on the top of the roof or something. Something would have summoned him here. Right. And there would have been dark shadows everywhere. Right. Exactly. Well, let's get to the actual, like, what's going on. Like, what actually happened to this place? And yes. It's all so grandiose. So this mansion has kind of a complicated history. Seafood Terrace was completed in 1925 and is also known as the Casey Mansion. We have to kind of disassemble it literally to get to the history. So in 1907, Edson Bradley, who was a whiskey millionaire. What a time. When was Prohibition? I don't know. You know, whatever. Anyway, so... (laughs) Edson bought a 1876 French Gothic style mansion that was in Washington, D.C. and had it renovated. And that mansion had a history of its own, but he bought it and he was like, we're going to fix this up. But then it was completed in 1911 and it had a Gothic chapel with seating for 150. It had Mm -hmm. a large ballroom, an art gallery, and a 500 seat theater, which was 90 feet by 120 feet. And several stories tall. Wow. The whole place took up half a block, like half a city block in DC. And it was called called Aladdin's Palace. Okay. <laughs> it's 
strange name. I made like a mental note, like, was this something that like he called it and it just didn't catch on? Yeah. Like everybody just kind of cringed when he mentioned it. Just like kind of like mumbled it. (laughs) Apparently their home burnt down in like their summer home burnt down in New York. I think it was. So in 1923, he started disassembling this house in D.C., Okay. To move it to Newport, Rhode Island, because at the time, Newport, Rhode Island was like the place to have your summer home. It's where all the rich people went to spend their summers, kind of like gotcha. the Hamptons. Okay. I guess instead of using the 1885 mansion that was already on this property in Rhode Island, he was just like, you know, I like my house in DC and I like this property. So let's just move it. It took two years to complete. And he took the mansion that was already on the property and incorporated it into the design of the new house. It required the use of several railroad cars and trucks, obviously, because, you know, you're moving an entire, not just a house, but a mansion. Yeah, with a theater and a chapel and everything. Rooms that had been imported intact from France and installed in Washington, D.C. 20 years later were moved again and reassembled in Newport. And the new building was constructed around them. Logistically, I have no idea what was going on. Like, is this like a modular thing where it's like... So there was this... The London Bridge is in Arizona. The London Bridge. Okay. Original London Bridge was in Arizona. It has English flags on it and everything saying this is and like a proclamation from, I think it was the, the Queen, saying this is the London Bridge. For some reason, it ended up in Arizona. But they disassembled it and moved it to the United States by numbering each piece and then putting it back together. Like an Ikea furniture. Yeah. All the king's horses and all the king's men put London Bridge Bridge back together again. So So I don't know if it's like this where it was like paint by numbers, like this chair goes in block 1B or something. Yeah. I I have no clue, but it sounds complicated and it took him two years to do. I'm sure contractors hated him. Oh, for sure. But the architect that was part of it won an award. I'm sure he should after all that work. And it wasn't just the citizenship award from elementary school. It was like a big deal. (laughs) So should come with some money (laughs) too. The mansion was completed in 1925. There were 17 rooms on the first floor. When I first read this, I just read to that part and I was like, you only end up with 17 rooms out of all that. No, no, no. There were 17 rooms just on the first floor, 25 rooms on the second and 12 rooms on the third and cost over $2 million to build. Wow. Bradley's wife, Julia, died in August of 1929 and her funeral was held in the house's chapel. Edson himself spent five more summers at the mansion before his death in 1935. Wow. Their daughter, Julie. Again, with the. I'm just. I, just uh, I mean, really, I guess I asked my mom if she did it on purpose, but and she swears she didn't. But Jeannie and Jennifer are very close. This is true. Because I got called Jenny a long, a long time. Yeah. And I mean, like, I guess I shouldn't talk because I think that my my name is a variation of my aunt's. If I remember correctly, my aunt's first name, and then I, my middle name is my mom's middle name. So, like, but that's like, I don't think I would name 
my daughter the same name as me. Yeah, we always we always joked before I found out that I was having a boy. Like we always joked about like, oh, it's a girl, Kristen Jr. It's like I would actually never do that, but no, no, people are people are doing it all the time in the twenties. I guess twenties were crazy. So the Bradley's daughter Julie took over the estate and lived there until 1941. Her husband, the Right Reverend Herbert Shipman, Episcopal Bishop of New York, died in 1930. Mm. She left the house after a dispute with the city over not paying their taxes for three years. <laughs> we were in mourning. Can you? I just, the tax records weren't available, but I just can't even imagine. Sure, it was uh, pretty petty. Like, it's not just taxes on this ginormous house, but it's also northern like north taxes yeah which are ridiculous (laughs) so during world war ii the house was used by the u.s army as officers quarters which cool and in 1949 the property was sold for a whole eight thousand dollars that's crazy it is insane in 1950 the property became an exclusive all-girls summer boarding school and was renamed Burnham by the Sea. Cute. This was like a summer alternative to the Mary Burnham School that the headmistress also worked at, like during the school season. Mm. So it's like she worked there during the school year, and then during the summer, the girls would go here if they needed somewhere to go over the summer. Oh, like a little summer camp kind of action. Yeah, I don't know how pleasant it was. I think that it would be really cool to stay in somewhere like this, but I guess it depends on the environment. Yes. In 1968, the Mary Burnham School merged with the Stonely Prospect Hill School to become the Stonely Burnham School, but the summer school continued to be run by the Emersons until they sold the Seaview Terrace. In 1971 and 1972, Seaview Terrace was also the home for the new school, which was grades two through eight. Wow. Imagine going to elementary school here. Crazy. So many stairs for those little bitty feet. No, but you're living the dream. You get to play princes and princesses and dragons in a very cool, immersive experience. Uh, Like, that's so much history in that house. It's kind of crazy. They have a stained glass window from the 1500s. It is just wild. From the 19 from 1966 to 1971, the gothic horror soap opera Dark Shadows used Burnham by the Sea as the exterior set for the fictional Collinwood Mansion. Yes. Which in turn inspired the depiction of the Kingston Mansion in What the Hex is Going On episode of Scooby Doo, Where Are You? Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> Um, and if you don't know, Dark Shadows was remade uh, a while back into a movie f- with Johnny Depp. Yes. Um, it's pretty funny. Which was pretty funny. Um, I watched a few clips of the Dark Shadows soap opera. It was also pretty funny. So. Oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. It's very, it's black and white, very of its time, but it was, it was pretty enjoyable. So. Maybe we'll have to incorporate that into something later on. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Also, during the summer of 1973, the movie The Great Gatsby, the OG, was filmed next door. Oh, cool. In case you didn't see the really weird original Great Gatsby before Leo made his contribution. It's the one from 1974? Mm Mm-hmm. With uh, 
Mia Farrow. Right. It has Nick Carraway. Nick Carraway is played by Sam Watterson, who if you are a really big fan of Law and Order, mm-hmm. he is like the prosecutor, the main prosecutor through like years and years of Law and Order. Interesting. Yes. I actually really like this depiction of Great Gatsby a lot. <laughs> I honestly, I was not a fan of the story. Really? I really? did. I enjoyed it a lot. I think I just, I'm also just a really big fan of Sam Watterson's. <laughs> in 1974, Millicent and Martin T. Carey of New York purchased the mansion to help with the cost of keeping up the mansion because obviously the thing is huge and you don't want to forget to pay your taxes. Right. The main house and the gatehouse were leased to Salve Regina University, which renamed it the Carey Mansion. The former stables were also leased as a dormitory for the university and it renamed it Seaview. I guess they like just the stables and the Hmm. mansion's drawing room was used by the university for performances and practices. And it was renamed Cecilia Hall or the Saint Cecilia. Okay. How nice. On August 31st, 2009, the university terminated the lease with the Carey family and the Carey's daughter, Denise, an architect from New York, currently lives there. Mm. So your tour guide was the daughter of the owners. Oh, okay. I'm assuming that was Denise, right? Mm -hmm. Denise Carey? Did they have the last name? I don't know. She didn't say her last name, but I'm Uh, assuming. It was listed for sale for $29.9 million dollars in august of 2022 but the listing was removed in april of last year Mm, maybe they thought it was too much of a hike they were trying to get in on that like everything was selling and now market are the what kind of market does the mansion market look like like is it crazy like the rest of the market or i always assume so (laughs) i don't know i'm not in the market for a mansion so well there's the the realtor.com listing they still have the pictures up if you go to the pictures, the one with the big stained glass window with the tapestry below it, that is the 1500s stained glass window that was imported from England, I believe, from a church in England. Let's see. It looks like it's in one of the big great halls. Oh, yeah. Pretty. And then the fireplace, two pictures below that is what I was talking about when it when I said it looked like the haunting. Yes, it does. It's very kind of creepy. Just a beautiful space, though. Really just... I mean, it looks like a 1500s castle. Yes. With a tennis court and a pool. There's so many pictures of the tennis courts, but no pictures of the organ. Which is sad. But the organ, I guess, is is in disrepair. Like, it doesn't function. And yeah, it doesn't work. Somebody on a very cheesy article was like, you can only get through it through a secret trap door. Like, is it like a secret trap door or is it just like an access door? Right. (laughs) No, it's secret. I didn't know about it. So it's a secret. Right. I only just found out. So Um, that's all I have for you. Well, interesting. I didn't know that was like so many different things. It's gone through the, the hands. It's gone through the hands and it's gone down the road and it's gone through pieces and it's been in France and Italy and England and this thing is pieced together. It's a regular Lego house. Honestly. And if we believe in what was said about the rocks in the past, then I could see this absolutely like bringing stuff over. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's haunted. 
I don't think there is enough evidence to warrant it being haunted. Just from the evidence that you found. Yeah. I can, and I, I can like almost agree with you. I'm just so much on the fence about these footsteps. I really just want to know what they are. I just want to know where they came from. Who's making them? What is it actually? I need to know. <laughs> like That's the only thing that's bugging me is because like, it, they are distinct. They're footprint. They're like footsteps. And it's like, where are they coming from? What is happening? I mean, um, maybe it's in some of the stone tile that's been brought over from around the world maybe very much like a light residual haunting i would say if it was haunted if it's like haunted which i'm the most i'm like leaning towards that residual haunting because it has been a lot of has been in a lot of places and it has Mm -hmm. gone through so many changes definitely could stir up some energy i don't think that mrs bradley is here even if she really loved this house i feel like you know i feel like her and her husband maybe moved on together that's what I would would like to think Hope happened. For. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm on the fence because there wasn't a lot of like super in-depth strong evidence except for the footsteps and the footsteps are only the only thing that keeps me on the residual mm-hmm. energy side. But very interesting. And I love that Dark Shadows is involved with us. <laughs> so It's very appropriate. Very, very appropriate. So yeah, good job. You good job. Thank you. And next time we're going to Alaska. On the West Coast, but is it really the West Coast? I don't think so. I feel like Alaska is its own land. Truly. (laughs) It's just Alaska is its own thing. I'm excited about it. We haven't done Alaska yet. I know. I am excited about it. I mean, it's just, it's fun to just pick a new state that has like, we have no connection to at all. (laughs) And it's another one of those things like, you don't think about that being ghosty. Yeah. Although you kind of should, because I don't know, this place, I mean, Alaska's got a lot of, I don't know, hard wilderness to it. I feel like some things have happened there that we're just not aware of because it's so far away. Honestly, I feel like it would end up being more of like a a lore, like mm-hmm. probably good backwoods ghost stories. Yeah. But I guess I we'll also, see. Oh, yeah. God. I was also like, why isn't there like, uh like the alaska version of the jersey devil you know that's bigfoot but bigfoot is like more like washington state and like up there it's not really in alaska and neither sasquatch sasquatch is like uh, russia siberia Maybe it's because Alaska just has enough to worry about on its own without right, having with the, to have with like bear and moose and yes, yeah, the weather that so. can actually kill you. I just feel like it's a perfect place for a cryptid. And if people know yeah. of a cryptid in Alaska, let us know. <laughs> I feel like that would be the perfect place. Um, but yeah. What is your sage moment? My sage moment is. I guess that I have officially started to nest, I guess is what you call it. I have just spent the last few weekends since getting home trying to organize things. I have had the help of my parents, which is very nice, and my husband to rearrange my whole bedroom. (laughs) So you're facing a completely different direction. I am. My computer setup is completely different. We're going to be in this one bedroom for at least the first few months. So I had to make some space and it's just very satisfying. And 
folding little baby clothes now. It's it's exciting. It's just also like, how am I going to fit everything in here? (laughs) (laughs) Lots and lots of bins, lots of bins, lots of hanging storage in my future, but it's been fun. So I feel like a little bit more prepared. Like you've made some progress. Yes, exactly. Um, Good deal. You know, when people aren't yelling at me about carrying heavy things. So don't do that. They're not that heavy. (laughs) (laughs) I keep it below 25 pounds. That's exciting though. Yeah. Just one more step to make it a little bit more real. I know. And then um, before you know it, it'll, he'll be here. He will. Craziness. But for now, it's just organizing. (laughs) Um, what's yours? Mine is we are actually for real going to the caves this week. Yes. I'm so excited. We're going to the caves on Tuesday and we're going to the beach on Monday. Oh, so much fun. Yeah. Little holiday weekend. Yeah. I'm going to be exploring a little bit. We finally got the car fixed. Both of us are feeling well. (laughs) Good. That's important, especially if you're going to go into a cave. Yes. So... Yeah, super excited about that. I will be sure and send you over some pictures for the gram. Yes, I'm excited. I'm glad that you guys are going. I'll live through you. I recently have discovered I don't really like caves, so I don't know if I would ever go in them. But yeah, we'll see how claustrophobic <laughs> we get. Um, but very cool. And also, I guess to our American listeners, happy Fourth of July. Hopefully, yeah. everybody has a good day off on Tuesday when this comes out today. Ha. And you're enjoying listening to us on the holiday. Keep me in your thoughts while you're listening, because I will, in fact, be underground when this comes out. Yes. Make sure everybody thinks very nice, non-claustrophobic thoughts for Jennifer. Think wide open thoughts. Yes. I'll probably be at the pool. So you guys could just think kindly of me. (laughs) (laughs) Think of sun protection and cool thoughts. Yes, exactly. But yeah, and to our non-American listeners... Happy Tuesday. And we will talk to you next Tuesday. Yes. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. As always, we love getting suggestions from you guys. Be sure to send us your recommendations of stories to cover, locations to visit, ghost tours to go on, and all that good stuff. You can send it to hauntedorhoaxpod at gmail.com or DM us on social. Yeah, you can find all of our links to social as well as episodes and blogs on our website, hauntedorhoax.com. And if you feel like helping us out, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or just drop us a few stars on Spotify. Bye. Bye.